All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Infinite Fringe right here on Apple Podcast on uh, everywhere that you find the finest of podcasts. My name is Billy Ray Valentine, Billy the Kid. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to to this podcast of ours, you know, to this thing that we do together. And I have a very, very special guest here with us today. I've I've interviewed just about everybody in in the alternative movement, right? But but uh, in the alternative media. Um this person here is is very special to me he doesn't know me he's special to me i feel like i know him right because i listen to him so often and he was the reason that i hung around with Infowars for as long as i did and uh, once he was gone there was no real reason for me to stick around to be honest you know? uh, now i listen to listen to the bull crap that that uh that michael flynn has to say or steve bannon has to say when they go on that show um, but uh, I am, it's an honor and a privilege and big shouts and thanks to my brother, Mr. Tony Atterburn for making this possible. But it's, it's, it's really an honor. I am, this is a, a milestone. Well, that's really kind for of you. Me. Thank you very much. <laughs> that, that's really kind. Thank you. I appreciate it really it. is. It really is. It's a milestone for me. As far as this podcast goes, uh, Mr. David Knight needs no introduction. He is here today to talk to us. David, how are you? Thank you for taking the time. Oh, doing good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for showing up. And there is no shortage of things to talk about, right? That's right. I mean, there never things, is, <laughs> right? But, but nowadays, fifteen hours a week, and I just I just finished three hours, and I've got stuff here on my desk I didn't get to. So yeah, and you wow. can ask me anything. I'm fine with it. All right, let's see what we get into. You know, so okay. so midterms are coming up. Uh, this stuff is predictable forever right it's either the, yeah. the democrats take it if the, if the democrats are in office the republicans are going to take it if the republicans are in office the democrats are going to take it it's just the way it goes yeah. right uh 2024 is right around the corner uh trump is probably gonna run and they've rated it uh, rate you know i guess i guess we could use that term it's debatable right they said they, either they rated it or it was a, uh, you know just a search that they performed it depends on what side of the left right paradigm you fall into yeah. so this is going down the fbi goes down there to uh to find something potentially um it's divided people even more oh, yeah. from what i from what i've seen that's right and uh, this um this is the beginning of something very uncomfortable for me and and maybe it's not the beginning but the symptoms are starting to rise to the surface here and something is clearly wrong you know um i am no fan of donald trump that's right um, what's yeah, going on here? What, what, what's your well, take? Why you know, do I, I think this is something that we all should unite on. Uh, and of course, the left is not. The left is cheering about this. But I think we should all unite on the fact that we don't want the government acting this way. And uh, I've talked about what Jonathan Turley has had to say, and I've talked about what uh, Dershowitz has had to say in a nutshell. Uh, what uh, Jonathan Turley said was the reason you have special prosecutors is because you want to avoid the appearance, even the appearance of a prejudiced uh, judicial system. Uh, and uh, yet they don't care about that anymore. And that's a very troubling thing. You know, we know that we have a corrupt judicial system. We know that it is partial to one side or the other. But the fact that they don't even care to cover that up anymore uh, at the highest levels, that is something that we should all be very concerned about because they're trying to push us into a civil war. And I hope that the left and right don't take the bait. You and I aren't going to take the bait, but I hope the, the vast majority of people don't. But that's really fundamentally what this is about. And what Dershowitz said, and uh, I'm no fan of Dershowitz, but uh, he got this right. I mean, he is a, 
is a good lawyer. He does understand it. He said uh, what they typically should have done in a case like this is they should have put out a subpoena. And then the lawyers would have responded and said, well, no, that's ours. That's not yours and so forth. But he says they just went in and took everything inside as they wished. And then there was the aspect of it. Let's make Donald Trump look like a criminal, which is one of the reasons why they've done this over and over again. Uh, done it to uh, Roger Stone and to uh, most recently to Peter Navarro. You know, he said, why did they come here and, you know, hustle me out in a, in a TV appearance? Uh, I would have voluntarily turned myself in if I needed to do that. So they, they do this type of thing all the time. And that is to make somebody look bad and convict them in the court of public opinion. And so uh, all of these different things, I think we should all agree that the FBI is politicized and we don't want that. And so I spent a lot of time today on the program talking about the long history of the FBI and Jagger Hoover and the creation of the CIA and the NSA, kind of by Truman, who seemed to be afraid of Jagger Hoover. And he started pulling these things up, I think, as part of it was maybe a, a counterbalance. But then uh, after the uh, JFK assassination, uh, Truman was still alive, and he wrote an op-ed piece saying, I think we need to get rid of the CIA. I mean, th these things that we create Right. have taken on a life of their own. They've become hopelessly corrupt. And the thing I'm concerned about is just this polarization. Right. And, and Trump has been at the center of this polarization, being used by both sides. And and the talk of a civil war that is out there, I think it's very, very dangerous. And I think there's a lot of alternative media hosts that are out there pushing that as well. I think that's very irresponsible. No, I, I agree with you. Um but this is creating an atmosphere where a civil war is more yeah. probable. That's you right. know, not, not to say that that I think it's going to pop off and that it's going to happen anytime soon. I hope right. not anyway. But the possibility of it, I think, has been heightened as a result of this. Oh, I people agree. Are, but people are talking about it, not necessarily saying, you know, if we don't draw right. this thing back, we could have a civil war. They're saying, let's bring it on. You know, that right. type of that type of attitude is is just foolish. And And the fact that. You see so many people in the establishment media like Mark Levin. All oh, this is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this. We've got to stop this because it happened. Why? To Trump. You know, this is the, the biggest thing, the worst thing that has happened in modern uh, times. It's bigger than 9-11, in other words. It's bigger yeah. than um, uh, the, the Trump lockdowns and the Trump vaccines and all the rest of this. That's bigger than any of this stuff, right? Because right. why? It happened to Trump. They don't care and haven't cared about the people who got caught up in this January the 6th garbage. Right. They don't care about the fact that they've been tortured without even having a trial, let alone a conviction for the last year and a half. So they don't care about you and I. Uh, right. They're out there using this as a war against each other, and we just got to be careful that we don't become their pawns in this chess game. And that's ultimately what we will be, what we yeah. are, right, is, right. is pawns to them. Um, yeah. So after everything that's happened, like you said, people are, are saying, hey, we're going to you know, bring it on right, for lack of a better term, um, there, there's a, result, a report on Drudge today talking about how people are, as, as a result of this, they're, they're going out to the ballots and doing their own investigations and trying to make sure that there is no, no election fraud going on as a, you know, because of, of what happened with Trump. Mm -hmm. Now, this has reinvigorated the far right, you know, in, in my opinion, giving them, giving more ammunition for them to go off of as to as to how trump is a is a martyr and how he is fighting the new world order and uh mm -hmm. and they're getting at him you know he's they're, they're finally atta they're attacking him and they're doing everything they can uh to not have him be president again that's the mm -hmm. narrative that that the the, the right and uh, well I don't know if, what the dis the distinction here is between the far right and the right but, but there's a lot of a lot of bleeding when it comes to Donald Trump, yeah. in my opinion, you know, yeah, uh, one of the things I think is really dangerous is the fact that uh, when I'll talk to people, I say, well, I don't like this, you know, about Trump or whatever. I'll talk about a policy, you know, right. and, and they'll say, well, uh, well, then who do you want to have for mm. president? You know, you right. name somebody for president. I said, stop this whole thing about how all the problems have to be solved in Washington. That right. used to always be a hallmark of the socialist left. Mm -hmm. uh, every problem has got to be solved in Washington by the federal government. And now that mindset has been adopted by conservatives. Yeah. And we have to, people there, well, who do you want for president? I think the right answer to that is who do you want for your local sheriff? I mean, we have to start looking at local officials and we know how important that is because we just saw what happened it's been 880 days since Trump put out the 
the executive order that started this medical martial law. And we know that the, the local officials, if you had a good sheriff, if you had a good town council and things like that, you could stop that. Even if you had a bad governor who was being bribed by Trump to do the lockdown with all those tens of billions of dollars worth of cash, you know, keep it going. I like that. Uh, because if he didn't like it, he could have stopped the flow of money at any point in time. That's the way they operate, right? You notice that yeah. Biden, if he doesn't like what you're doing uh, in terms of not letting transgenders into the bathrooms, he cuts your funds, right? That's the way these guys <laughs> operate. So if you right, keep right. funds going, that implies that you agree with what they're doing or you're asleep at the wheel or whatever the excuse. So I, I tell people, if, if you look at what happened in the last couple of years, you can see that Things were either better or worse for people based on the local officials. If you had a bad town council, you had a bad sheriff, they could make it much worse than what was being imposed even from the state government. And, and so we need to focus on these local elections and we need to get away from this idea that if we get a benevolent dictator in Washington <laughs> behind the Oval in the Oval right. Office, that everything's going to be fine. That applies. That's much broader than the whole Trump thing. We've got to adjust our whole mindset. The, the globalists have for the longest time said, think globally, act locally. We need to understand what these guys are planning globally and we need to nullify it locally. I think that's the real key. Fantastic. I love the answer. But how do we get there at this point? Because it, the, the minds of the American public in general have been colonized at this point. I've I've never mm -hmm. seen it in my lifetime. I've never seen the amount of division that we have right now. That's right. right? So and and no matter what you show, you know, in, in terms of evidence or anything else, uh, it only serves for everybody to double and triple down in their position. It doesn't really ser serve to move anybody. I mean, some people, of course are moved more more to the, to the center of this and have a balanced approach, but that's a very small minority, in my opinion. Yeah. Either you're on the left or you're on the right. And I remember when I got involved in the alternative media, it wasn't like that. It, there was more like, okay, we don't like the left and the right. You know, and, right. and that's more where I come from. And that's but the way now, it was at InfoWars when I started. Right. You know, we, we were not a Trump yeah. organization. You know, right. Completely captive by one politician. Well, I think, Billy, we're in a situation right now, a time frame, and I think the globalists recognize it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're in a fourth turning. I think every four generations, if you're familiar with the fourth turning by Strauss and how they're the guys mm -hmm. who came up with a generational viewpoint of history, a, a cyclical viewpoint of history. They coined the term millennial and a lot of these other things, you know, people talk about that. But, you know, about every four generations and they, they supported this thesis by going back 500 years in American and then British history, and showing the cycle, repeating about every 80 years. And about every 80 years, about every fourth generation, people get completely fed up with the corruption in their institutions. Right. And, and then they polarize against each other as well in many cases. And so we've had, in the previous fourth turnings, we've had World War II and the Great Depression. Prior to that, the Civil War. Prior to that, the Revolutionary War. You get the idea of where we are right now. These people understand the spirit of the times. And they understand the mood of the people. And I think right. they're exploiting this in every way that they can. And, and I think the politics is just one aspect of it. We need to understand that we're in a situation like that right now. And, and we need to start thinking about how we're going to rebuild society uh, before and, and try to prevent them from tearing it down. But how we're going to rebuild it if they're successful in tearing it down, because that's the, the, uh, uh, what they're trying to do. And, and to get their new society in place by 2030. Uh, you know, when they wrote that book back in 1992, they'd already written, written one before that called uh, Generations. But when they wrote The Fourth Turning in 1992, they were saying at the time that they thought sometime in the mid-2000s, about 2007, 2008, there'd be a global uh, economic crisis that would begin The Fourth Turning and that it would complete sometime around 2029 or something like that. So the globalists have got their new society in there at 2030. Man, let me tell you. Um, and and it's, it's trending in that direction for sure. Yeah. Right. We're seeing, uh, you know, the smart cities and, and all the things that, that are coming for people. And they're going to base a lot of this stuff off of, you know, um, COVID, meaning uh, the vaccine. And, and you can only get into these smart cities if you're properly vaccinated. All this stuff is probably coming down. The well, they'll have a lot of different excuses. I talk about right. it as a MacGuffin, you know, the mm -hmm. Alfred Hitchcock, you know, talked about how the MacGuffin was a plot device. It didn't really matter what it was, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's the Maltese Falcon or something else, but it's whatever motivates the characters. And right. what we've noticed, the way the globalists have been motivating uh, characters and politicians and societies for the last 50 years 
they started with the first Earth Day, 1970. They started with it was going to be a new ice age. Everything yeah. was going to freeze over. And then they went with that for like about eight years. And then right. they switched it to global warming. Now right. everything's going to melt. The polar ice caps are going to melt. We're all going to be flooded. And um, then, you know, they go along with that. And the solutions are always the same. Even though they go from uh, an ice age to global warming, right. the solutions remain the same. we got to kill everybody, right? we got to de have depopulation. we got to reduce the population and take away everything that everybody's got and go back right. to uh, uh, a, a poor society. And then when they came to COVID, what was it? The same solutions. Right. doesn't matter whatever the justification is. you got to act today. You know, now is their last chance to save the world and do what I say and what they say, regardless of what the problem is, it's always the same thing. And now they're back to climate change again. Right, right. Um, I want to I ask you about something that just popped in my mind and I don't want it to go anywhere. So I'm going to ask it now. Sure. Um, in regards to all of that that you just mentioned, right, the alternative media has kind of been on the forefront of a lot of it. You know, at, at least to some of the more uh, credible personalities that have been reporting this have been saying this for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, but, but now we see like a real mainstream backlash against the alternative. It's been building for some time since 9-11, in my opinion. You saw the History Channel uh, uh, come after 9-11 truthers and, and things like that. Yeah. But, but right now, um, with the, the Alex Jones situation and, and everything that's going down, it, it, it looks worse and worse on the, uh, on the alternative, regardless of what we are presenting. And in the manner we're presenting it, we get lumped in together as crazy conspiracy theorists, right? Um, right? Is, was, in your opinion, Donald Trump a Trojan horse to the alternative media? I, in my opinion, I think he was. Uh, this is a guy who never had in his entire life. I mean, he was never any of the things that, um, you know, the base of the Republican party loves, you know, he never, uh, he's a Democrat. He, yeah, he was always a Democrat and he right. was giving money to Hillary Clinton. I just think he's uh, somebody there who he's simply about himself. He's simply a narcissist. He's a celebrity. Uh, he said, uh, and bragged about the fact, you know, people said, well, you know, you're friends with the Clintons <laughs> and, and he says, oh, I paid her to be at the wedding. And I always looked at that and I, you know, I, I told my wife and others uh, close to me, I said, I, I, what I'm afraid of with this guy, and I think it was borne out by what we saw. So what I'm afraid of is he's just kind of like the godfather, you know, who said uh, all my life I've had to pay tribute to these politicians. And, you know, for you, Michael, I'm going to have them paying tribute to you or whatever. That's his aspiration, right? right? To be the guy that they all have to kiss the ring and pay the money to because he's tired of kissing the behinds of politicians and paying them money. And, and so I think that was really what it was about from a personal standpoint. I, I don't think that he had any hardcore uh, passion to follow any principles. And in that regard, he's like most of the politicians that are out there. They're malleable. What I don't understand is how people don't keep him at arm's length and say, okay, well, you, I agree with what you've said on these policies. Uh, and uh, let's just see what, what you're going to do. We'll give you a chance. Let's see what you do. I mean, if you take that kind of approach, we wouldn't have this kind of cult following that is right. around him. Why have people uh, attacking me and saying, no, whether you like it or not, He's the only hope we've got. Oh, God. It's like, that is the most pathetic thing I've seen. After 808 <laughs> days of this medical right. martial law lockdown, and you say he's the only hope we got, well, then in that case, you've got no hope. Right. Because, and you're totally dependent on some billionaire that has kicked you to the curb time. And again, he's kicked his own movement to the curb when you look yeah. at what has happened uh, with January the 6th. Right. No, I, I completely agree. He, he hasn't, uh, you know, shelled out any money for any of those people or any support. No. For any of these people that went to jail for him, yeah, you know, he's and, there and for another two weeks, and he's afraid to do anything to support them. Why? Because it'll blow back on him. Right. You know, if he does anything to to defend or to support them, they'll say, "Well, that shows that you are the leader, and we're going to put you in jail." And so he's avoiding doing anything for them, right. and uh, and I think it's reprehensible. But see, that's that's the kind uh, that's a politician as opposed to a statesman. A statesman is going to put himself on the line, and he's going to lead based on principle. Uh, these guys, you know, they're just doing whatever is expedient for them and for their political career. That's what their 40 chess is really about. It's about them winning and they don't really care. You're just a pawn disposable. No, I, I agree. That's, that's exactly what, what we are in their minds. Now, as a result of, of Trump being a Trojan horse here, right. Mm -hmm. Um, we're seeing the backlash, like I mentioned before. 
But in particular with Alex Jones right now, they're really going hard on him. And as much as I am not a fan of Alex Jones, I was for a long time. I've been listening since, since 2005. Um, and uh, at, at about 2015, 2016, he started going south for me. And I couldn't subscribe to the ideas that he was putting forth. Right. Yeah. I, I, I am, I've never been a fan of Donald Trump. So I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't relate to what was going on. I didn't see the appeal. There was a lot of things there. Um, so they're taking him down because of Sandy Hook, mm-hmm. you know, in, in particular, this is what they're using. Um, but um, as a result of all that, the, the entire alternative media has a focus on him. Now, if, if they can take down Alex Jones, even though I don't agree with a lot of the things that he was saying um, uh, as of late, but if they can take down Alex Jones, they can take down anybody, you know, at least in my view. And yeah. this isn't a good thing for the alternative media. This isn't a good thing for, for you. It's not That's a good right. thing for me. You know, um, right. how long do I have uh, to, to, to do my podcast before they start looking at, 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 uh, at podcast mediums that, that supposedly spread disinformation? Because it's only their narrative. This is the thing now. It is their narrative that they want you to follow and you cannot deviate from it. And if you start questioning it even just a little bit, you're the problem. This is what they're setting with Alex Jones right now. Give me your thoughts. Well, you know, I, I think that what happened, and it was uh, four years ago um, on uh, August the 6th, that uh, 2018, that you had the massive deplatforming of Alex and Infowars. I was caught right. up in that as well because I was working there at the time. And uh, that really was political persecution. And then two months later, you had 800 uh, different individuals and sites that were taken down. Mm-hmm. And they were not Trump supporters. Uh, typically, there were places like Free Thought Project where they, uh, you know, uh, more than half of them uh, right. did not support Trump at all, uh, like Free Thought Project. But they were anti-war. They were against foreign intervention. They were against the police surveillance state. That was a thing that pretty much was in common with everybody, right? It wasn't the fact that they had this common thing that they were Trump supporters and cheerleaders. And that's a problem that I had with InfoWars is that they became uh, mindless uh, Trump cheerleaders after uh alex got infatuated or attached or whatever you want to call it with um with trump and after uh alec uh, after roger stone came on board uh but uh, these other organizations were not about that Mm -hmm. and what we've seen in the last several years and and we see issue by issue they will come in and say well you can't talk about uh where the virus came from well now you can't talk about whether or not there is a virus. Now you can't talk about any negative effects about the vaccine. Right. Uh, you got to shut up about abortion. You got to shut up about gender. They take these things in here one at a time and you will say what they say about each of these issues as they roll them out or you'll be you'll be kicked off. Now that along with the fact that um, uh, there has been economic deplatforming of some people mm-hmm. uh that was something that was happening to alex as he was fighting these lawsuits they were kicking him off of economic platforms when i left uh infowars or should say when i was kicked out but actually i don't know you can say fired or quit because i i, I opposed alex on all this stop the steal stuff while i was there well, that's really the reason i was fired and we commend you for that go ahead well thank you but um uh but anyway when i went on my own um, I wasn't even on my own for six months before PayPal banned me yeah. and Bimbo. And so they're already shutting down the financial areas of that. Uh, and, um, you know, I understood some of the other stuff that was happening. I thought, well, maybe it's just the guilt by association or whatever, but no, this is about me personally. Uh, I put up, um, this last year, uh, this last December, December, 2021, uh, which is about after I've been on my own for about a year, I, I put up uh, some Christmas music that I did for the program. And I just, I'd been kicked off so many times with YouTube that um, it's like, okay, well, maybe let me just put up some music and I'll just keep it apolitical. Well, they found out who I was and they, they <laughs> terminated my program without any explanation, just like PayPal doesn't give me any explanation or Venmo doesn't give me any explanation. So we understand that's built into where we are right now. Right. And, um, you know, when I look at what happened with Alex, Alex could have chosen to defend in court the line between defamation and opinion, right? Mm-hmm. He chose not to do that. And, and I say that he chose not to do that. Uh, he says, well, they don't give me a jury trial. They just said I'm guilty and, you know, I don't get a jury trial. But as we, if you saw the trial, you remember the Perry Mason moment where his lawyer sent 
uh, massive amounts of his uh, phone texts and emails yeah. uh, to the other lawyer. Uh, he got caught by, you know, first of all, he told him he didn't have an email account. Well, he had an email account. And they told him that he didn't have some text mess any text messages that had anything to do with it. And they said you had a lot that had to do with it. Right. And so the bottom line is, is that what he was telling people was not true. He chose not to fight that. He chose, and I know because I was there, he chose to delay this as long as possible. Right. And and he didn't really care about defending what he had to say. And I have a lot of people then who get angry with me. Well, what do you think about Sandy Hook? And it's like, that isn't even the issue. If right. you're concerned about Sandy Hook, you ask Alex why he said it was hundred percent fake. And now he's saying it's hundred percent real. You let him explain that to me. Don't attack me. I didn't get involved and nobody <laughs> right. died. I know right. that that is BS. I know that CIA BS that is being put out there by Steve Pachinik and, and people, who know. but he's right. the one who's putting that out there, confusing the idea of a false flag attack with a hoax. He has now been able to uh, intermingle those together so that most people can't figure out the difference between them. They're two different strategies. And uh, so, you know, you can talk to Alex Jones about uh, the Sandy Hook stuff. Again, I thought from the very beginning that, um, you know, I thought it was interesting what happened to Wolfgang Halbig, that he was somebody who, he presented himself as somebody who uh, had experience in law enforcement and in schools, and he was a school security consultant, and that he investigated these things, and he was asking them for information, and they wouldn't uh, answer him. And then they sent, and it, the Connecticut authorities wouldn't answer him, and then they sent a Florida Highway Patrol to his house to intimidate him. I thought that was newsworthy, right. and um, you know because we hadn't seen that kind of intimidation yet. That's now become common. We hadn't seen that kind of intimidation uh, from officials against uh, speech. Right. But it was pretty clear pretty, pretty early on that the guy was not all there and, mm -hmm. um, you know, he, and, and that he didn't have anything and that he's hyping stuff and he couldn't produce the receipts. And so, um, you know, I, I, I didn't get into the Sandy hook thing, but the issue is neither did Alex. He chose not to defend it. And for right. all the people who think that it was real, he could have said, well, show me, prove to me that the kids died or whatever. Instead, he just, you know, uh, chose not to participate. And, and so when we look at at that, you know, he's using this and, and we need to understand that when you add false details and, and everybody can be wrong, you know, and we have a right to be wrong and it's not a, a crime and it's not liable to be wrong. It's, a, it's libelous if you are wrong and somebody tells you that you're wrong and you should have done your investigation, but you continue to go with it and continue and continue and continue and you make it personal and malicious. That's mm. what the problem is. And, and so what I say, when you look at this Sandy Hook thing and the Alex Jones thing, I look at the use of the First Amendment freedoms that we have, freedom of the press, free speech, the rest of this stuff. And it is threatened when people tell, knowingly tell, lies and add sensational false details to things right. and do it in order to get audience and money. And when you right. do that, you're doing the same thing to the first amendment that some wacko is doing to the second amendment. When they go out and do a mass shooting, you're inviting attack on these fundamental rights. And so uh, that upsets me very much. I understand where we are with this. I know that we've all got a target painted on us. Uh, and, uh, but it doesn't help to do this. And he's not the martyr. He's not a martyr any more than Trump is a martyr with this stuff. Right. Um, that we have a politicized system, but that doesn't mean that the people who are being attacked, that's another thing that I get all the time. The people who are being attacked are not necessarily good guys. You know, Hitler attacked Stalin. Does that make Stalin a good guy? It made him a useful ally, right. but it didn't make him a good guy. Right. Right. Ah, very well put, man. Uh, I couldn't have put it better myself. You, you, you said something that I want to I want to touch on. I want to roll back to. And you spoke about the possibility of the CIA uh, and uh, and uh, what Steve Puchinik was putting out there. And I'll tell you one thing. I used to listen to, to, to Infowars and I would hear Steve Puchinik in the early days and he was built as this reputable guy. Yeah. And I was like, man, God, I can't believe this guy is saying this. Same thing with Wolfgang, you know, and I interviewed Wolfgang once. Mm -hmm. And um, um, this is when I started to see that something was different. But the way I the way it was framed by InfoWars was that this guy is top notch, reputable guy. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's the, the perception that's been set to all the people that that watch and, and a lot of the people in the alternative media, you know, ab about, you know, these these particular characters. But. Um, I, I've had this theory in my head and it's not original to me, even though I, I came up with it myself, but it's not original to me. This is a, a theory that exists um, that the CIA 
could be intimately involved in in planting stories like this. And oh, tell yeah, me if, if right, like oh. I mean, and I mean, you know, Sandy Hook. Um, but beyond that, we have the QAnon situation and and the PizzaGate. You know, even though there there are some elements of PizzaGate that I would like answered, but overall, the grand conspiracy of it. It, it only serves to make us look worse. That's right. And what we're putting out, go ahead. Oh, it's one of their oldest uh, tactics Right. is to go out and to, if they've got, somebody has discovered something that is true and damaging to them. Mm -hmm. uh, what they do is they go out there and make common cause with it. And then they add some false details, knowing that when those false details are discovered, it will discredit the entire uh, thing. And that's mm -hmm. the way they cover up these uh, releases of things. And it's a way they set people up as well. And when you go back and look at Pachinik, he's got a long uh, history with InfoWars. And I know from being there that uh, he's, uh, Alex has gotten very upset with some of the things that he said at one point in time uh, before they had the fourth hour on a regular basis. Every once right. in a while, Alex would go into uh, a fourth hour broadcast and uh, just call it overtime. And he kept Steve Pachinik on one of these broadcasts and Pachinik starts going off on this thing about now we have to assassinate Obama. We can't Ooh. wait any longer. He's got to be assassinated. And Alex gets off of the thing and he's, he's, uh, you know, uh, really angry. He says, this guy is setting me up. You know, he's mm -hmm. trying to get me in trouble and I, I can't have him on the show anymore, you know? And, um, and then he did. He continued <laughs> to have him on. He continued, just like the sting thing that happened two days right. after the election, right? That right. whole thing. You know, I, I talked to Alex personally about that. And, and Steve Petrinik tried to set me up. Uh, he came on my program. Uh, I think it was a Thursday after the shooting on Sunday in Vegas. And he said, nobody died. And it's like, I know that's not true. I said, that's right. absolutely not true. And uh, there's a lot of things that are suspicious about uh, Vegas. And I'm sure that, you know, the people that Steve works for in the intelligence community would love to shut that whole thing down by setting up some narratives about uh, it being a hoax. And he would right. like to discredit me at the same time. Uh, he's somebody who has been around. He was, you know, he was working with Operation Gladio. And uh, he was working for Henry Kissinger and that uh, the Italian government uh, found that he was uh, responsible for the murder of the Italian prime minister, Aldo Moro, who was kidnapped by these people. It was a false flag operation that was being run by NATO right. to get after the left leaning Marxist politicians like Aldo Moro. And, and he was very proud of that. And, um, you know, you could say that he was just boasting and making up a false resume, but the Italian government said the same thing about that. So he's been a disinformation agent. He's a great raconteur. Uh, mm -hmm. He makes up great stories. And, um, and, and see, the whole thing about Pachinik is that Alex knows that he's lying, and he puts it on because it's a great story, and it gets a lot of views. It's clickbait, and he makes money off of it. And That's he's so perfectly willing to sell you a lie in order to make money off of it. That's, That's incredible. That's the bottom that, that, line. That is incredible, and, and and it's 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 unethical to be honest. It is. Like I, it's 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 not a good look. Um, you're you're talking about you know um disinformation agents, and I want I want to hit you with a couple of others. I'm not a fan of Steve Bannon. He was on uh he was on with Alex uh yesterday or the day before. I don't know um uh, stop to steal there's a couple of people in there michael flynn i am not a fan of but i, I want to talk about bernard Carrick real quick mm -hmm. because everybody is is lending he, he came out and correct me if i'm wrong but i think he came out and said that they were going to assassinate donald trump yeah um right and that has hit all over the place and they're and and the way they're building it is that bernard Carrick is this reputable guy that doesn't make you know crazy assumptions about anything i'm like the guy was groomed by Rudolph Giuliani. Yeah. You know, and, and that's as far as you have to go, in my opinion. But uh, do you, do you, what do you think of, of those comments? Those are incendiary comments. Those are comments meant to divide, and, and those are comments made, meant to plant uh, the seed of, of uh, to plant seeds for something like that to actually happen at some point with some freaking crazy person that, that, that might attempt it as a result of something like this. It's very irresponsible for him to say something like that. But I think it's more malicious than that. Am I wrong? Well, you know, when you look at it, he says a, 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 uh, an associate of Rudy Giuliani. That was one of the big problems I had with Trump. Right. You know, I mean, Rudy Giuliani, who was at the epicenter of the 9-11 cover-up. Right. He, he had people, people died because Rudy Giuliani was so desperate to destroy evidence about right. that, that he sent them in without a mask. <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and so when you look at that and his, his being at the epicenter of it, you know, Rudy knows some stuff. 
uh, which means that Trump knew some stuff. And, of course, Trump never did declassify the 9-11 uh, information as he insinuated that he right. would. So many things. That, oh, yeah, we'll see about that. You know, just like when people were begging him, shouting at him at his rallies just immediately prior to the election. Fire Fauci. Oh, yeah, like me, we'll see about that. Well, he didn't do anything, right? <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I agree that it is irresponsible. And it's that kind of uh, over-the-top rhetoric. Uh, that is uh, pushing Steve Crowder uh, made some statements like that, you know, war is coming here. We, you know, and he's not in the sense that, you know, we need to stop this. We need to pull this back and, you know, let's stop and think about this folks. No, it's like, yeah, I'll be here. Let's do it. You know? And, uh, and, and that's where we are right now. We got a lot of people who are doing that type of thing. I think it's very irresponsible. No, absolutely. And, and, and it, it takes me to, to Michael Flynn after that, because mm -hmm. there's this oh, yeah. atmosphere, let's do it, let's do it, let's fight. And Michael Flynn was instrumental in, in, in pushing the narrative of the digital warrior. Right. right. And he's like, all of you are involved. You need to take your country back. And, and, you know, it, it created I think an atmosphere. Flynn, I think Flynn and Pachinik, I think they are part of, you know, the, the CIA and the intelligence community. Yeah. I, I just say CIA, meaning the, all the intelligence community. A lot of people just say IC, you know, the intelligence right. community. But I just, when I say the CIA, that's what I mean. Right. But, you know, within that, you've got all these different organizations. And um, some of them are military and they're not necessarily politicized. But then you have... Uh, you know, the, the CIA, which leans left and you have the military intelligence, which leans right. And, um, there are, uh, you know, and, and they're really kind of at war with each other. And, and you would see that uh, with uh, Pachinik and the types of things that he is pushing. And you see it with Flynn and the types of things that he's pushing. Uh, these are people who, uh, uh would like to see us, uh, get into a war. They're itching to kick that thing off. And, um, I think they're very dangerous people frankly. And I don't agree. I thought that, uh, and I defended Flynn when um, uh, he was kicked out immediately at the beginning of the Trump administration. I, I thought that Flynn, as uh, Trump was campaigning, I was glad to see that Trump had selected him because I thought that Flynn had been truthful and candid about the fact that we were arming ISIS and you know, what we were doing in Syria. Uh, I was amazed that he told the truth about that. Right. But then, um, and, and then when, uh, you know, right after the, you know, during the transition period, they started with him and they kicked him out. And, and I was amazed that Trump didn't do anything to defend him. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was a nonsense charge. And I thought he was persecuted for a couple of years. I think that has really hardened him. I think he really would like to see uh, a war happening. And I think that his rhetoric of late has been very dangerous. I, it has all the hallmarks of a financial grift. Because he's set up these, you know, he's going around doing these speeches, a lot of them with Alex and other people, and and he's set up this website, and it's all about the 2020 election back there. And and as I said at the time, if you don't care what's happened to us since March the 13th of 2020, then why uh, do you care so much about what happened um, on election day 2020, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, how could you not pay any attention to that, not get in the streets, not redress your grievances over the medical martial law. Why? Because Trump is in place. Come on. And, and now you care because why Trump has got his uh, butt in the sling over this stuff. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, um, Michael Flynn is intimately involved with, uh, with Cambridge Analytica and the SEL yes, group, true. you know, and, yeah. and, and they were, uh, you know, waging mind warfare on, on the people of earth, you know, in, in Africa for some time. And yeah. they just shifted that weapon to, to, to the people of the United States, in my opinion, I you know, know. and, and um, so I'm no fan of, of Michael Flynn in any That's particular right. way. Um, right. And uh, Steve Bannon was intimately involved with um, Cambridge yeah. Analytica and the founding of it. He got the Mercers involved, the whole deal. That's right. right. And this Chinese billionaire Guo on all right. this stuff. I mean, they're, they're just a bunch of grifting criminals, in my opinion. And, uh, and some of these guys I've seen behind stage and I've, I know that, uh, they don't believe what they're telling you, you know, right. and you've gotten glimpses of that as well as some of these things have come out. And it's like, I hate this guy. I wish he'd never <laughs> been in office and all the rest of the stuff that right. immediately goes on camera. He's a, he's, you know, the only thing that's going to save us, you know, right, and all the rest right. of the stuff. And it's like, oh yeah. Okay. I've seen it. I've seen <laughs> so, it. so what do you think about, you know, what, what in your opinion, and, and this is only speculation. I think, I think that's all we can do at this point is why, even though it's so evidently deceitful and, and you can punch holes through a lot of these theories, 
in particular, something like QAnon or Donald Trump and all, and all, and all you know, every, all the mythos that's involved with him, you know, you can just pick it apart. Why do people refuse to do it? What kind of mind control is this? Or, or like if, if we're going to put it to Lord of the Rings terms, what this is, what kind of orc mischief is this? What, what is going on? I don't know how to explain it. Go ahead, sir. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, from my perspective as a Christian, I look at it as, uh, you know, people are basically insecure. Uh, they're looking for um, uh, they're looking for a savior. They're looking for integrity, and because they don't want to look at Christ, they put those mm -hmm. attributes on men, fallen men. You know, people like Boromir. If you want to talk about the Lord of the Rings, and uh, even if they start out with good intentions, the power corrupts them. And, and so, you know, we we look at this, and um, and we need to really get a longer perspective on this. And, and I think you have to have a moral foundation, you have to have a religious foundation to understand that the preeminent thing is, is not whether or not you get your way, not whether or not you win. And that's why, you know, this obsession with winning that Trump has is another red flag uh, about all this stuff. And we see these, these things uh, from the various individuals, you know, Peter Thiel, who's a transhumanist. You know, he wants right. to live forever, and he thinks that he can do that through technology. Uh, he says that competition is for losers. We've heard the same type of thing from uh, David Rockefeller, who said, you know, uh, you know, competition is a sin. They are, are greedy. They love themselves. They want to, as we all do, they want to live forever, but they're creating this false uh, religion. They're creating a false savior, a false God to save them. And, um, and we just have to make sure that we don't fall in line with that. And we have to understand that, you know, when I look through history, I've watched people who will literally go through the fire. I mean, literally go through the fire or, or they will give their life up uh, and um, never abandon their principles because they have a focus that is outside of this life that is beyond this life. And that gives them the leverage to change the world. Right. And, and if you have that focal point and you have that fulcrum that is outside of this life, then you can change this world. Because you know this isn't all that there is. But the people who think that this is all that there is, they're the ones who are trying to grab as much as they can. Because, you know, you only go around once in life. you got to grab all the gusto you can get. Uh -huh. and, and that's a fatal thing. It really is. It's a fatal thing to our society. And it's a fatal thing to them as individuals. It turns out to be a, a kind of, uh, you know, Shakespearean tragedy, a Greek tragedy. Right, right. Um, I want to I wanna get your thoughts on this Um and I, I want to ask you, what do you think? I mean, you touched on the transhumanist trans, uh, movement. You know, um, I, I don't think that they will ever uh, truly achieve immortality. I, I don't think no. that they will ever truly achieve, uh, uh, you know, planting consciousness in another body. Or in an, and this is what they're trying to do. I, I don't think they fully understand. And they're not meant to fully understand. Me, I'm perfectly content with being a mortal. You know, I'm perfectly content with the opportunity that the Lord has given me to 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 experience this life. I'm cool with it. And when when uh, the Lord decides that it's time for me to go, it's time for me to go. And that's the end of it. I'm fine with that. Right. Yeah. 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 Would I like to live forever as as I did when I was 25 years old? Sure. And have all the wisdom that I have. Absolutely. Right. That that'd be that'd be cool. But I don't need it. It's not necessary for me. But uh, another step to this, I, I don't think it's possible. That's right. I, I don't think they will ever figure this out, even though they say they are. I don't think it's possible. Give me your thoughts. I agree. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they're going to cure cancer, too, because they're so smart. Look, <laughs> uh, they don't even know what a person is. Right. Yeah. You know, right. right. <laughs> At this moment where uh, uh, Marsha Blackburn says to uh, Brown Jackson, so what is a woman? Well, I don't know. I'm not a biologist. <laughs> I'm not a biologist. I had a similar situation like that with Zoltan <laughs> right. Isvan, who was a transhumanist. Right. And I didn't ask him what a transhumanist was, but I asked him what a person is. What is a person? Are you simply flesh and blood? You know, and, and um, uh, if uh, and, and maybe, you know, some memory storage somehow, you know, maybe you're you're storing some thoughts like in a computer and but it's biological instead of silicon. Is that what you are? Are you just simply some stored thoughts in a physical body or is there something else? I said, you know, what happens uh, with death then? Right. Uh, uh, do you have a soul? Uh, what, and, you know, he doesn't have any answers for any of that stuff. Uh, he doesn't know. And I said, and, and if you were to transfer, uh, if you were able to read 
my mind in terms of electrical signals. And if you were able to uh, change those signals or if you were able to uh, transplant them into some kind of a synthetic brain, a, a cyborg body, a robot or something like that, I said, would that be me or would that be a copy of me? Right. And maybe, you know, not so accurate of a copy. No, they're just, they're just poor copies and poor imitations of what God has created. And they don't see the full person any more than they see the full scope of time. And, and so they, all they see is what's here and now. They see this limited dimension. You know, there's a lot of scientists and uh, string theory and a lot of other things that believe that, you know, this uh, time-space continuum that we have, three dimensions and a fourth dimension of time, uh, they believe that that's not all that there is, right? They, they mathematically believe, and I forget, right. 10, 11, 12 different dimensions and so forth. There are different dimensions that we don't even see right now. And uh, they don't see the, the longer perspective, but they don't see the different dimensions even of a human being. And, and they're trying to copy that. They don't even understand what they're trying to copy. I agree. But they're 100%. dangerous. But they're dangerous. Let's just say they're that, dangerous. though. They're dangerous about what they're trying to do. Absolutely. They're reckless. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they're not, uh, there are no consequences for what they do. That's right. They just do. You know, uh, we mess up in, you know, flipping burgers at McDonald's. You're done. These people can, can try to do whatever the hell they want with theoret with uh, theoretical concepts that they don't even know were true or not, you know, and and just go with it, and they're absolutely fine. Nothing happens to them, you know. And and uh, unfortunately, um, this is the state of the world that we live in. I want to get your thoughts on the future of the alternative media. Where do you think we're headed? Well, I think the alternative media is headed for a bumpy road, just like everybody else. I think we hang together or we uh, die separately, and that's uh, the alternative media. And it's all as a community. And I think it's also, uh, but you know, we still have to understand if there's a bad actor, you know, we identify that as well, all right? If you're talking about local community and how important the local community is, uh, you have to. If somebody turns out they're going around robbing homes, uh, <laughs> you got to do something about that right, at the right, local right. level, right? That's why we have a, a local sheriff or something, and, and so. Uh, but but I'm saying it, that in general, uh, we need to make common cause with each other. We need to be able to communicate with people. That may be something that is going to be very challenging for us to get that information out in the not too distant future because they're working every different way that they can uh, to restrict um, uh, things financially. Because ultimately, uh, for them, it comes down to money. And, um, you know, just like Catherine Austin Fitz says, this is all about a financial reset at, at its core. And they will use a central bank digital currency in order to control everything in your life. Right. And uh, so, you know, we we have to understand what that is and we have to understand that, well, there's certain things that we can do to try to prepare for this. And and but we have to start making relationships in our local area. Uh, it's difficult to make relationships with neighbors, but, you know, uh, through a church or through uh, clubs and different things like that. If you can find common cause and relations with other people, you can't go it alone and you're going to have to find some relations with people. And I think to a degree, that's going to be also true in alternative media as we try to pass information around that we find to be true. You know, we're going to have to grab something from this guy and pass it on. And, and uh, we should all be doing that. Absolutely. I agree with all of that. This has been The Infinite Fringe with the legendary Mr. David Knight. Thank you for well, taking the you. time to come talk to us. It's an honor and a privilege. Uh, what can it's I say? It's been my honor. It's been my honor. Thank you very much. <laughs> you, you are much too kind. Tell the people where they can find you, sir. Not that, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can, well, you can find links to the show. Uh, we have the show goes up on podcast as well as the full show goes up a video. We also take some cuts out of each show daily. But you can find out where that is if you go to thedavidknightshow.com thedavidnightshow.com and uh so that has links to where you can find that we're pretty much everywhere i've been banned from spotify uh but we're pretty much available everywhere else on podcasts right now i've been banned from youtube but you can find me on BitChute and on rumble and on youtube and on odyssey and so we have those links there and um that basically is it you know just go to thedavidnightshow.com and that's where you'll be able to find the broadcast one of two men banned from band.video. The other is Mr. Tony Adderburn, ladies and gents. It's, yeah, it's right. an honor to know both of you. <laughs> Hang on for just a sec. We, we're about to sign off, but I want to talk to you all fair for just one sure. second. Hey, it's The Infinite Fringe. Apple Podcast, uh, you know, uh, The Infinite Fringe on podbeam.com. So it's theinfinitefringe.podbeam.com. And anywhere else you can find the finest of, of a podcast. And of course, America Unplugged on Rockfin, ladies and gents, with Mr. Tony Arterburn and Don Jeffries. That's every 
Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern. And of course, you can find the podcast on AmericaUnplugged.com. It's been an absolute honor to talk to Mr. David Knight and to communicate this to all of you, everybody that's listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for tuning in time after time. If you've ever listened to anything that I've done, I appreciate the hell out of it. Okay, we're getting up out of here. Do not burn the place down while I'm done. Okay, you guys take it easy. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bill. Hold on, Dave.